Bleep it. And I don't normally wear caps, and I've, I've advertised it on here anyway. But, yeah, I, look, we want to get this one done tonight. So let's... The winner of the Sav T-shirt tonight will announce that about half an hour before the end. If I forget, Steve, Mitch, if I have a senior moment, please, for God's sake, remind us. And then we'll put the next one up and the next one on. So we'll uh, we'll see where we we'll go. Um, okay, uh, let's start with Graham Jones, Mitch. Um, we had a feeling he was coming. Uh, the, you know the uh, you know the, the, the rumor mill had started about two weeks ago that we we're interested in this coach. Um, you know, a bit of research into him, and you know, I've been a bit down on him in the, in the sense that you know he he seems to have specialised in failure. You know, he has been involved in relegations. Um, a lot of the word on the on the football beat, ex players that I've spoken to, etc., seem to be fifty fifty. Some of them know him, other people don't. Um, he has coached at Newcastle, albeit in a lower capacity before. Um, there seems to be a bit of positivity around him coming in. Steve Bruce knew nothing about it, though, Mitch. I mean, it's. It's a strange thing to do, and I think, I think what we've all decided on on the shows that we've done this week is that Graham Jones has been brought in for one reason and one re- reason only, and that is that if Mike Ashley has to make the decision to sack Steve Bruce, Graham Jones will be the caretaker manager. Or there's something else going on that we don't know about. I mean, it, honestly, really, um, it's a weird situation. We've got more coaches than Armstrong Gally now. <laughs> and it's it's it's. You should have tweeted that. You, you, you don't really. <laughs> I think Steve's been busy enough this week. Um, <laughs> I I I think I can't see the the rationale behind it, particularly if Bruce has had no input into the into the decision to bring him in. That's the bit I don't get. Um, what I don't like is things like the immediate reaction from Rob Lee, for example, whose whose son has played under him and Rob Lee for him to react the way he did was quite startling um, and, and he's not one for doing stuff like that he's, he's not one for knee-jerk reactions straight on there hi mum um, for, for knee-jerk reactions straight on the Twitter you know um, that alarmed me um, he, he seems to be a relegation specialist he seems to be involved with too many teams that get relegated, which is a worry. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole, well, he's a Jody and he's coming back. Yeah, we've, we've said this all along about anybody from the northeast East uh, coming home. If you're offered a job, I don't think you'd ever turn it down. None of us would. Um, but I, I just can't get the rationale behind the whole appointment unless there's something else going on that we're patently unaware of. And Excuse me, it's the age-old thought of what's going on in Mike Ashley's mind. And again, Wesley Charney and all of this, he just seems to have absolutely disappeared up his own jacksy. And 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 there seems to be ever more, it feels like the rudderless ship, making random appointments and without Bruce's knowledge is weird, just weird. It's like a twilight zone, our club, isn't it, Steve? I mean, some of the stuff that's happened over the last, you know, over the last couple of weeks is just bizarre. But I, I, I just think the appointment of Graham Jones, it, it has to be tactical. It has to be, you know, it has to be somebody somewhere thinking outside the box, which is unusual for Newcastle. But they clearly believe that the takeover will go through at some point. However, 
they are also aware that, you know, <laughs> they're getting sucked into this relegation battle and they might have to make a decision. I think, I think this is a, a you know, I, do I think it's a sensible decision? I, I really don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a bit... I'm a bit stuck as to whether it's a good idea or not because we don't really know anything about him other than his CV. His CV is not that impressive. We've seen it, and as I say, the reaction seems to be split between people. What's your take on on this Graham Jones situation? It, it's an interesting one. I mean, I know what Mitch is saying, and, and I, I can hear you know the old the old cliches that are going to be ruled out or are being ruled out by the the national press and the and the and the, the radio guys, you know, are you the Geordie, you know, he, he has links with he has links with Northumberland FA. only a few months ago he was doing a he was doing a, a video cap for, for coaches uh in at youth level um with Northumberland FA back in November. Um you can you can you can listen to it if you go on to YouTube. It's very interesting. Uh, he talked a little bit about about his his career to date and how he got into coaching and uh, how long he's been doing it. Um, he was giving advice on you know people who want to get into coaching. So obviously he's got there's a link there with the North London FA. I know that other other people at St James's Park have, have done similar type of things and there's strong links with North London FA etc. So that that that's I'm just sort of like sort of knitting stuff together. If if I was gonna because I kind of get my head round, because I've never come across a situation where after 18 months you appoint yet another coach when you've already got a team of two coaches that you've had that have followed your career all the way through, you know, that have been part of the team. And then some, to bring someone in at, at this stage, um, I, I haven't come across it. Somebody might be able to tell us whether it's happened at, at other clubs. Usually it's somebody leaves and then somebody steps in lower down and somebody gets promoted, etc. But we hear all sorts of stories. I'm, I'm wondering whether somebody within the dressing room has had a word inside the club and said, "Look, you know, we're struggling here. We're, you know that the, the, there's been there's been disputes or arguments between management and coaches and, and certain players. Maybe maybe it's come from that angle. Maybe somebody suggested, you know, there needs some, there needs to be some fresh blood because for 18 months we're not getting coached or we're, we're being." Will be it's so complicated and so complex, and we can't understand whether we're playing threes, fours, fives, false tens, false nines, false eights, false fives. You know, and all of that, and they just need there needs to be someone to come in. And whether I wonder whether somebody said that within the within the club, either within the playing side or uh, within the managerial side, as in senior senior people or even even ex people involved with the football club in the past. I mean, somebody mentioned, I think it was uh, on Liam's, uh, in your podcast, uh, I'll show uh, a couple of nights ago, uh, Graham Carr's name was mentioned. Uh, you know, I wonder whether uh, people like that, like Graham Carr or others who have had the year of Mike Ashley in the past have, have perhaps, you know, suggested that there should be somebody come in uh, to settle down that dressing room. Um, especially if there are players that are, that are unsettled or feel as though they're not getting anywhere. Because let's face it, something needed to happen. We weren't it doesn't look like, like we're gonna get an influx of fresh blood into the squad itself. Something needs to happen. Something needs to change. The mindset needs to be altered within that changing room and within that dynamic. And after eleven eleven games without a win, you need that change. It's certain it's certain to, to everybody who's looking at it that something something new and fresh has got to happen. And if 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 Graham Jones coming in is that he can bring some fresh ideas. At the end of the day, will those two 
and the other 52,000 out there, all we want is to remain in the Premier League, you know, get some get some wins under our belt, and and, it, and as far as the takeover is concerned, let it ride through and see where it's going. But it's key that we get, it's key that we start to get wins, you know, and if he can bring in some fresh ideas, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, I would agree. Um, just a little update. Q Tech had bid fifty pound for the Sav T-shirt, um, but uh, they've been outbid by Keith Patterson uh, yeah. from N- from NCSL. He has bid a hundred pounds for the uh, for the T-shirt. Oh, so great. thank you very much, Keith. Thanks. That's at a hundred pounds. Uh, nice, nice of him to do that. Um, yeah, some great text. Adam Telford says that uh, Steve Bruce has written the uh, letters himself, which uh, wouldn't surprise us all uh, at all. Um, I find it bizarre that he's signing these letters as well. Uh, Mark also says letters from Darren Bent, Danny Mills, Paul Merson, Tim Sherwood, Jamie Redknapp, Gary Neville, Mark Hughes, Rio Ferdinand, Simon Jordan, and many more that I've missed off. So, <laughs> yeah, I can... Uh, yeah, and Tom comes up with a wonderful suggestion, and, and, and it's simple but effective. He says, let's write them some letters uh, and really tell them what NUFC fans think. Not insulting or nasty, just some plain home truths. So if you'd yeah. like to write to Steve Bruce, uh, then the address is Steve Bruce, St. James's Park, Strawberry Place, Newcastle upon Tyne, NE14ST. And like they used to say on Swap Shop, you can stick it on a postcard um, or you can stick it on a sealed down envelope that with a stamp on envelope. or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe that suits him. I mean, he's that much of a dinosaur with, with everything else. He now thinks that bloody writing letters is the way forward. Dear me, God. Uh, honestly, it, it's this really has tickled me. So that's the address. If you want to write it down, I'm sure you all know it. You might not know the postcode, you know, which is bizarre, you know, because you go there all the time. Sometimes you don't. But yes, yeah, St. James's Park, Strawberry place newcastle upon tyne any one for st if you've got the time or the inclination why don't you write to steve bruce this weekend do it it'll only take you 10 minutes um i'm sure a lot of you will probably have you know quite a bit to say there'll be some of you just want to say you know maybe a, a short little line or two but look whatever you want to say you might want to give him some tactical input um god he needs it uh, but whatever you want to do drop him a line at st james's park strawberry place newcastle upon tyne any one for st and if uh, if you missed that we'll uh, we'll be back up with that later on uh, yeah it's it's crazy Right on a camp, well, yeah, I don't think they'd deliver that, like the stamp wouldn't stick on. Um, the Graham Carr thing, yeah, it did come up on the show the other night. Um, I've spoken to a couple of people who I know in football, and it's not the case, I don't think. I think that was obviously, we said, that you know, I can't remember you know, where the line came from, I think it was Keith. Um, I've had it confirmed by more than one person that, you know, it isn't Graham Carr. And the Graham Carr, you know, since he left at you know, left the club, hasn't hasn't spoke to him. So, look, um, you know, Mike Ashley will listen to people, I'm sure. I'm sure he still takes guidance. Um, but I think the Graham Carr thing, from my from my knowledge anyway, is is wide of the mark. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, with that as we move forward. Um, the I think the thing is with with, with the games since we, we we last spoke, we've had two games, lads, and 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 you know. You're going in against teams like Aston Villa and Leeds, and Newcastle should be picking up something, Mitch. It's not, you know, it, you know, it, it, from our perspective, it's difficult. It's difficult enough playing the top teams when, when, when you, you know, you've had very little investment in the squad. So you need to pick up your points against those teams around you, and we're not doing that, and that's the big worry, isn't it? 
the, the biggest thing for me against Villa was the amount of second phase possession that we mm. lost. And it was that critical box-to-box area. And between the two 18-yard boxes, we were second best in every way, shape and form. And you can't expect to win a game playing like that. Um, and going in against Leeds, who are, you know, I speak to the doctor, I drink the most of the Dubai Whites most of the time in Dubai. You know, and and even they say they're there to be got at. Um, they can't uh, handle uh, set pieces well. And so, you know, to see us not do that against Leeds, uh, to see us again look second best against the, the Leeds side that really, yes, they attack well, but they don't defend well. Um, and the minute we got um, back to 1-1, one, one, you'd think there should be some spirit there and an ability to have a go. And we sort of almost went back into our shell and then all of a sudden it was 2-1 down and that was game over. We were never coming back from that. And you could see the body language. We've got no confidence. Um, the front line still operates like an island. Um, the back line seems to desire the two midfielders sitting right in front of them. And, and we just look second best in every way, shape and form against two teams that we really should be picking points off. Yeah, <clears throat> Steve, it's, um, you know, it's been a long run and, and that's the, you know, that's the downside of this. Uh, you know, it, it looks as if there's no end in sight either with the games that are coming up. Um, you know, the, the Villa game, I expected that. The Leeds game, I thought we could have got something out of it, although I did predict a defeat. I, you know, if there was one of those games, I thought we might get something out of it, was that. But it, yeah, we we just didn't we, we didn't seem to you know you know want to want to get a result. And, and Bruce's tactics and uh, you know it, it was just it was just awful to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Neil's, Neil's correct in the, in the gap the gap between the front the front and the back line. The lack of mobility in central midfield was there for all to see. But also the lack of urgency um, and and the attitude, the wandering around attitude. I mean, when you when you look at both goals and you see Shelby, um, you know, just whatever. You know, I might as well have been standing on the on the sidelines having a smoke. Quite frankly, in fact, he would have probably been a little bit closer to the person he was marking than he ended up marking himself because uh, it, you know it, it, he just left gaps everywhere. He chased the ball. He, oh, he didn't chase the ball. He walked towards the ball. He didn't. He didn't follow. Follow his marker and all of that type of thing. Then, it, when then we look at the the, uh, the Leeds game. I mean, the change in the second half was because all of a sudden we had several defenders who just decided to step out. I mean, Shaw stepped out three or four times and filled that gap in central midfield, and you saw Leeds just going further and further back. Leeds couldn't combat it. Leeds midfield didn't know how to cope when people started to run at them. Obviously, that came from San Maximum coming on. But it, it seemed that all of a sudden we seemed to get shot and and Lascelles at times picking the ball up and just running with it, and and that was filling that gap, and that was pushing the pushing the back four a little bit further on. And yes, it does create it does create gaps and it creates holes, but it also creates panic in the opposition when they're not very good at defending themselves. And we saw that panic stations that that occurred. Um, but then you've got you've got someone on the touchline like Bielsa who spotted what was going on and was able to exploit it with an outfall um, that, that gave us problems, you know. Um, tactically, um, we're just all over the place, Steve, quite frankly. 
And now it's now it's just a case of, you know what, just Bruce's Bruce's whole reason for being now is or all he's gonna be shouting from is just give it to San Maxi, give it to San Maxi. Just throw the ball at them and let them run with it. Because I don't think there is any other tactic uh in his head now. He's 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 created uh, a situation where if for example San Maximum pulls up with a hamstring after fifteen minutes, um you'll just see the heads drop again because he's built this guy up so much. And you'll not see it just drop on the pitch, you'll see it within the fans as well. Um and it's it's just it's just the lack of anything that I think that's just driving us absolutely potty. Yeah, no 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 doubt about that. It is driving me potty. Yeah, some maximum coming back, Mitch, is a positive, I suppose. And you know, there was no doubt in that twenty minute spell or whatever it was that he got. He you know, he certainly had the, the, the players look more up for it. He certainly had a big effect on the game. He's gonna be a big player if we can keep him fit. There's there's the question, Steve. There's the million dollar question if we can keep him fit. Because the Bruce's record of keeping people fit when they're brought back from injury is not terribly good. And he's hung his hat on St. Maximum. That's quite obvious. Um, and it's how he's managed. And and my worry is he's not going to be managed. He's just going to be chucked in and, and um, with everything crossed that something isn't going to happen. That he's not going to pull up with an injury. You know, um, it, it's a sad indictment for the way that this squad is being utilised, that he's hanging his hat on one man. We've got a lot more talent in this squad to just rely on the actions of St Maximin. St Maximin should be the icing on my cake, not the not the body of the cake. Um, but because he kind of seemed to work out what his best 11 is, what his favoured formation is, um, how many false tens he wants on the pitch at any one time, things like that, um, will become reliant on St Maximin's fitness. And that's that's terrible. That's that's a concern because he's shown um he, he's not gonna be somebody who's there all season because he does pick up niggly little injuries. A lot of these skilled players with quick bursts of um energy do pick up uh, niggly little muscle injuries every now and again. They're gonna miss games. Um and it is the management, it's the management of the player and he's shown time and time again that's something he absolutely can't do. You know, it, it, there's enough evidence of players coming in too early, then they're out again for another six weeks. Um, it's happened over the 18 months he's been in charge on numerous occasions. So that's the concern. Why do I hang in my hat and my maximum full stop? Yeah, big shout out to our sponsor for this month, oldcoachhousedistillery.co.uk, the world's first alcohol-free distillery. Visit their website and enter the code OCHD to claim your introductory 10% discount and get the most out of your mindful dry January. Also, a big shout out to John from Jab, who uh, had a bit of uh, an incident yesterday, crashed his uh, car. Um, Yeah, he's... Wasn't wasn't too good yesterday. He didn't get seriously injured or anything, thank God. But uh, wasn't in a great place. So John, uh, thinking of you tonight, mate. Thanks for your help with uh, all the flyers, etc. Big shout out to QTechShop.co.uk, John, who I know is watching and keeping an eye on that T-shirt for us tonight. Uh, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End in Newcastle also make our T-shirts, which you can buy at NewcastleLegends.com. 
Com. Thanks to all of our sponsors and uh, lots of people asking um, how they can join the channel. Well, you subscribe uh, by clicking that little emblem down in the bottom right hand corner and uh, you will get notifications of each show. Another 100 subscribers this week. So thanks very much. And uh, you will see people keep referring to all the people who are watching and give it a like. Well, hit that little thumb and uh, that will give the video a like, which is good for us. And click share. It'll share it to your Twitter and your Facebook. Uh, share it to like minded fans and help build our community uh, 700 watching tonight which is fantastic so thanks very much for uh, all your support um i thought it was interesting uh, steve the the, pra the 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 press ban this week um you know that that was something which we've seen before we've seen previous managers do it why do you think steve bruce decided to do it because it, it you know it's the media who make your break in, in in many worlds when you're in the public eye, but to only give access to certain media and alienate, you know, the written press, as he has done, um, it was a bit strange that I felt. And uh, I've spoken to a couple of journalists this week who've told, you know, told us that they, they could see it coming. What, what was your take on that? I, I just don't get it when you, when you want to cut off the, the, the air supply, you know, you're cutting off the, the oxygen of of getting your message out, um, you're cutting out the opportunity for to, to interact with with the media, with the written press, and let's face it, the written press are are just as important as the as the TV and radio press are, um, especially in the northeast. You know, I mean, we we sleep and drink football. We want to read about it. We want to talk about it. We want to listen. Uh, we want to watch TV programs about football and about Newcastle United. Um, you know, and for, for the then decide, but but I, and I just couldn't get, I just couldn't understand, because I didn't, I've never seen anything uh, that would warrant a, a ban, if you like, or a, a refusal to speak to the written press. I haven't seen anything in the in the journal. I haven't seen anything in the Chronicle. I haven't seen anything in the Mirror, the Mail. I've seen, I've seen comment. I've seen, and and most of it, if not all of it. Has been warranted, and what I'm hoping now, what I was hoping for, that you would, in that dialogue that they have with with the written press, that there would be, you know, that they're given they're given the manager an opportunity to explain his corner, and what he's done is he's 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 cut off that oxygen supply, he's cut off his ability to be explained, so he, he's immediately created a problem for himself. Um, I mean, I, I put on Twitter that, that the gloves will be off, you know, because that's that's the that's what happens, or that's what you're expecting to happen, and it didn't really, you know, the the the, the written press, as I say, have, have have been relatively fair on them. They've they've just written what they've seen, observed. And I think I think half the problem is that he's not meeting them face to face. I think that's a, that's a big big uh, mark, a black mark against the the, the whole communication aspect he's not meeting them face to face he's not squaring up to them he's not having an entering into a two-way dialogue with these guys um as he would have you know he would have been sitting in a room for an hour 45 minutes whatever it happens to be he would have had four or five um, questions from whether it's lee Ryder or luke edwards or george colton or um chris woff uh, our our friend uh liam kennedy you know, and so on. Simon Bird at the Mirror. These guys are steeped in Newcastle United. They're all supporters of Newcastle United as well. You know, so and they understand. They they know what they're, what they're saying, and they know how to how to 
to get the best out of out of the manager when they're asking questions and they know what the fans are wanting to, for them to get out of him in terms of response and they're very fair they give they give them you know and they, that's their job isn't to shape it but their job is to is to ask the questions and report what the manager's saying and for the manager to not give them the opportunity to write what he's saying is silly it's crazy and it, and it's it's an insult to the fans as much as an insult to the press you know that's the that's the way i looked at it i, I, I want to hear you i want to hear your your views on how you thought the team performed i want to i want you to explain the formation i want you to explain what went wrong and what you're going to do to put it right but i'm getting the same thing week in week out from them you know and, and it's it's boring and mundane so i need I need those searching questions for all, from all of those reporters to get him to open up and to get him to, to to freely say what is really going on and what's going on in his head, what his thought process is, what he's going to do to put it right. And, but instead, all he seems to have is, well, it was okay for 20 minutes or we're a work in progress, you know, or, you know all of that type of, of, of situation. And it's It's... It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy to do what he did to the press. Um, it's like, it's like cutting off your, you know, your, your nose to spite your face, isn't it? To be perfectly honest. Yep. Yeah, I mean, what do you make of it, Mitch? You know, banning the press. It's, it's, Look, you know, it's not, a, it's not a full ban. It's just, you know, certain members, and I, it, it always ends in misery. That kind of thing, doesn't it? Absolute sign of weakness on the behalf of Bruce, unfortunately. And, belies the position that he finds himself in. Uh, the vulnerability shows by him going on attack against the wrong people. Um, the written press won't forget this. They won't forget this. And when once they start to turn, they'll crucify him with it. There's already enough of them have, have made comment, negative comment about it publicly, and quite rightly so, in my opinion. Um... Steve Bruce at the minute is getting a really easy ride. There's no fans in the ground. As if there was fans in the ground, by God, he would be getting it in the ear from the minute he stepped out the dugout into the technical area. His press conferences are controlled and measured, all done by Zoom. Certain questions at certain times, people can't ask follow-up questions in the way they normally would. Um, it's quite sterile, quite unrealistic, and not like it normally is. Um, again, this written press will remember this. And, and as times change and as, as they get more astute at hand than whatever the new ways press conferences are held on Zoom, for example, um, it, it's, it's going to turn sour on him. And he's just, again, cut or insulted um, a part of the media that could be his mates. And some of them are his mates, quite frankly. Even the ones who are his mates are pissed off about it, and and openly so. Um, from his point of view, one of the stupidest naive moves he could make, an absolute sign of weakness in the position he finds himself in, while he's having coaches appointed that he didn't have any say in, uh, and more. And uh, he, he's got to think himself lucky that he's he's not getting the the ire that should be directed his way in full um and and to to 
act so precious with the written media over one or two comments in one or two outlets um, and tar them all with the same brush and just cut them off is frankly stupid, in my opinion. Yeah, He's no Alex Ferguson, is he? So yeah. like Ferguson banned the BBC for God knows how long. That was funny. Work. That was funny, wasn't it? As well. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, but but now now we've got him thinking. You know, is that where it's come from? Is he thinking? Well, Alex got away with it, so I, I can I can do it. <coughs> I can buy X. I can buy Dan Y. I can buy Z. You know, no, no. You, you, you haven't had that success. You haven't you haven't got the, the 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 kudos. You haven't got the charisma. You haven't got the personality, and you haven't got the you haven't got the strength. And power behind you that, that Alex Ferguson had when he bans the press. So, so don't even go there, Steve. It's not, it's not becoming of you. It's, it's only going to end in tears. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course it is. Um, let's talk about Rafa. Um, you know, we've mentioned him many times on here. You know that uh, you know you, you know most of the three amigos. In fact, all of us are, are all you know fans of Rafa. To a degree, would love to see him come back and replace Steve Bruce. I think for for certain. But it's it, it's interesting. He's he's now stepped down from his job, Steve. Um, he's back in the country. Um, he cited COVID as a as a possibility for for coming back, tra- traveling backwards and forwards from China. You know, traveling anywhere is a nightmare with COVID. But he's 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 a free agent again. Um, you know, I think it was Barry Mitchison's just asked a little bit earlier. There is this appointment of Jones as a, a coach. Just you know, it's another. It, it, I think some people are asking in the chat: is it is is almost like constructive dismissal? Try to force him out, make decisions which are going to push him out of the club eventually. Um, or you know, it, it does Ashley think the takeover is going to go through, and and you know, the, the new owners will want to appoint their own man, and, and Rafa probably will be that person. Well, I think would I think if the if the takeover happens, then yes, there will be a point in their own man. It, it, the way the way it currently is, I would take Rafa's dog. Quite honestly, as a manager, <laughs> never mind take, take take anybody else. You know, because he couldn't do a worse job with eleven. You know, no no way. You know, um, there's so much. There's so many plates spinning, Steve. There's so many plates spinning. There's there's what's going on in Saudi Arabia and in Qatar. There's what's going on with BN Sports and the Premier League. There's what's going on with 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 uh, PCP and and the club. There's what's going on with the club and the Premier League. All of these plates plates are spinning at the moment at various degrees of speed, and nobody really knows where it's going to end up. Um, it, it could all fall into place tomorrow. You know, it could all fall into place in a week's time, a fortnight's time, or we could be still here in April. We just don't know. Um, Will Rafa be still around? Rafa said that he he, he is he is actively looking, um, but will bide his time because at the moment there aren't you know that the, the jobs that, that were available um, have been filled. They're only being filled. The only jobs that are being filled are jobs like to West Bromwich Albion, where the, the clubs are desperate to steal and they're appointing a manager. People thought that you know there was no way that that. Um, that the Chelsea job would would go to Rafa, you know that. I think that I think we knew that was nailed on for somebody with with vast experience who had just been sacked. Um, that was German because they bought German footballers, um, players that have been struggling. Um, somebody from PSG who had 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 success or relative success over there, and and now they want to step in. And let's face it, Lampard 
Um, although he's he, he's done okay, he got the cup finally got them into into uh, the Champions League at the same time as having an embargo put on. As soon as they started spending the money, and they started giving them a squad where he suddenly had to start thinking about it, it became difficult. Um, other jobs that would that would crop up, where would they be? Would it be Fulham? There's been a bit of a resurgence at Fulham lately. Um, Warren said West Brom. One of the jobs that people thought was was perhaps David Moyes at West Ham. They've spent money. Moises, Moises is doing very, very well down there at the moment. So there's another job um, that, that kind of is, is no longer available or wouldn't be available. Um, Ancelotti, he went to Everton. Rafa would never go to Everton. Um, Ancelotti is, is doing great there. And so, so it rolls through. Um, and so Rafa's just sitting there biding his time and waiting. Is he waiting for the Catholic job? He's waiting for the takeover. You know what, Steve? How long's a bit of string? All that we, all that we can see is that survival in the Premier League is is the one thing that 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 rests on, on a lot of those plates that are spinning because the, some of those plates are starting to fall off that that stick that it's spinning on. If we go down, I'm I'm pretty sure of that. I know other people might think not, but if the club got relegated, I think it would be all better off. Yeah, no, well, I do as well. It's, uh, you know, biggest biggest thinking about that, doesn't it, Mitch? You know, potentially getting relegated, and that's the big worry. I mean, I'll ask you two both, you know, do you think the takeover would go ahead, Mitch, if we got relegated? Because the deal's done at 300 million plus. Um, Newcastle drop into the championship, it's got to be a different deal on the table. And, you know, Mike Ashley has a decision to make, doesn't he? Um, he'd probably have to take a reduced price or he'd just keep a hold of it and hope to get back up. As the current deal stands, it won't go through with three million. Not as, not as a championship club. There's a good good and valid argument. Look, two years ago when we were talking 325 to 330 million for the club, um, there was a very valid argument put to me by a number of different people in the game who said, actually, you know what, that's not a bad price, but we'll give you a valid argument that the club's worth 400. Some of the same people now are looking at the impact of COVID on the game. Uh, there was a recent report that said uh, it looks like the, 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 the top flight clubs in Europe have lost one collectively 1.7 billion over the last uh, 18 months due to COVID. Okay, that's that's the impact on the game. Barcelona are looking at a shortfall in the sh in, in of something like 750 million euros right now. Right now, that's Barcelona. They're under pressure. They're under pressure. I'm telling you now, the bank, Catalonian banks are going to be starting to put pressure on Barcelona very soon. That's how dire football finances are. So let's come back to this deal. 320 million is probably right now um, 50 to 70 million too much for what the club should be worth right now once you factor in the impact of COVID on the game. Okay? So then we're going to get relegated. I, I reckon he'd be looking to get 150 as a championship club you'd be lucky to get 150 and, and, and when you hear people saying that there's I would agree there's constant interest in Newcastle United at one point they were fielding something like 13 to 14 inquiries a month from people interested in the club um, and, and again this comes back to why they get upset with, with tyre kickers we talked about this last week um, 
I can guarantee you now, anybody coming in with a bid for the club right now will be with nowhere near 320 million. They'll be chancing their arm that Mike Ashley's fed up, totally fed up, and will take anything he can get right now. Um, he's proved time and time again. It's not that he's not a willing seller. He's just a bloody difficult seller. And he has a price in his mind and he won't sell unless he gets the price he wants. Um, will that attitude change following relegation? I don't know. Who knows how that man's mind works? But I can guarantee you, I reckon, at best, as a championship club, we're worth 150. And and would he be taking bids on that? I don't see it, unless he absolutely is just desperate to get out. Um, would he be desperate to get out if we got relegated? Well, he the, the last two times he got were relegated, he didn't. He gambled mm. that he would get with straight back up again. Um... I wouldn't wouldn't put it past them to gamble that again and for them to have this misplaced confidence well I've done it twice I'll do it a third time so um, it's very difficult to judge where he's at on that um, mm-hmm. do I think there'd still be interest from the current consortium in the club if as a, as a championship I think as a distress sale in the championship we're a very juicy proposition because we've got most of the bits in place um, I think I think certainly um, from what we understand of the, the, the PCP attitude towards it, I think they'd still have a first for interest in the club. But I don't think that there's no way it would be the current deal that's sat there right now. I think all bets would be off in terms of that because it's just it's that would be madness. That's just chucking money away, um, money that would need to be invested in the playing squad to make sure we don't get stuck in the quagmire of the championship. Yeah, um, just a quick message to Mike Gent, who I know is watching tonight. Uh, he did jump on one of the five-minute rants. He's a regular viewer. He contributes to the chat. Um, he says he's been hit with COVID. Uh, so get well soon, Mike. Um, I know you're watching tonight. Uh, stay safe and uh, let's hope you can you can get uh, get better soon, mate. And uh, we're all thinking of you from here. Tom Dixon uh, reiterates that with his speedy recovery message. So, yeah, Steve, you, you touched on it slightly there. But do you think... Do you think that Mike Ashley would still want to sell the club if he went into the championship? Do you think this is the case of I want to go now, but if we went into the championship, you would have to review that? I think that I think that Mike Ashley wants to sell to the people who are wanting to buy it at the moment. I think that's the key. The question then is: Is the people who want who are wanting to buy it still interested in it? You know, would the would the the uh, public investment fund in Saudi Arabia still still be interested in buying a, a championship club? The other, the other thing that we've got to remember is that we've got a, we've got a squad with an awful lot of players in it who are going to be out of contract. So if you went down, there would just be, there'd just be a cascade of players out of that door, most of whom would have to be replaced. And I, you know what? If if Ashley decided that he wanted to sell and he still wanted to sell, but he wasn't prepared to to do the do the deed to, to get us back into the into the Premiership at the first time of asking. We haven't got any youngsters to come through, you know. Other than Elliot Anderson, I can't see any of the under twenty threes or any of the juniors that look like they're pulling up trees that would be able to get us out of the championship. Um, but I would, I can see a, a catalogue of players just walking away because their contracts are up. Um, does does the current squad have, if any of them stayed, uh, does it have the the fight in them from what we've seen over the last eleven games? 
to get you out of the championship. No, it doesn't. They haven't even got the fight to keep you in the Premiership, from what we're seeing. Never mind get you out of the championship. These are all massive, massive concerns. And I think um, when I talked about those plates spinning, these are these are the things that are that are spinning in the head of Mike Ashley and, and the board. And the, let's face it, and plenty of people have put it up so far. The next two games are vital, you know. Uh, Everton tomorrow night, and then Crystal Palace midweek. Especially the Crystal Palace game, because another team there or thereabouts alongside you that you want that you you desperately needing to take points off, um, because it's a gap, you know, that, that that suddenly gets created, and you don't want to be in a situation where you're sitting in fourth, you're 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 completely adrift from the teams above you, and you're hanging around. Worrying about the results that the teams below you are getting. I mean, how many how many Newcastle fans during the week were sitting watching the Man United game, thinking if only Sheffield United could get a win, and we're actually cheering on Sheffield United when it, and and then spent the last ten minutes going, "Come on, ref, blow the whistle." It was exactly the same with the Burnley result. You know, come on, blow that whistle, blow that whistle. We're now we're, it's January, it's the end of January, the 29th of January today, and we're looking at other clubs' results. Yeah. And, that's how bad we're getting. Yeah. That's what. That's the. That's the mindset that he's got the fans into. Well, looking at other teams' results, usually this is April time when you're doing that. You know where you're looking at the six yeah. points. How many? How many six pointers have you two lads been involved in or watched? Yeah, in December and January. <laughs> what? It's just unheard of, man. It's unheard yeah. of. But that's no. the that's the pressure, isn't it? It's the it's the, the double edged sword, isn't it? I saw something this week that uh, since we last won a game, Burnley have picked up eleven points on them. Yeah, that's I mean, right. That's that's huge, and that's why we're doing it. We're looking at that thinking, and we're looking at our fixture list thinking, where are we going to pick some points up from? And you're right. That's usually a conversation for April. It's not a conversation for well, end of Jan. Easter weekend's usually the, the pivotal weekend where everybody looks because you get that glut of fixtures and, yeah. you know, that's like you're making break, isn't it? But football's changed a lot these days and uh, we don't have we don't really have that anymore, especially with COVID. It's even it's even more uh, it's all, even more different. But um, but yeah, interesting stuff. Lots of uh, lots of messages in. I've got a Kipper McFish has found two people who've written letters. I, I did put a thing out on Twitter asking for people to come forward if they'd actually written a letter to Steve Bruce because, as you know, Steve gets uh, sackfuls of these days from fans telling them he's doing a great job um there's one of the guys <laughs> and there's another guy who's written a letter uh, they look familiar kind of kind of quite place it people people are starting to really copy john from jab as well with his um with, with the flyers that he does everybody knows that uh john does our flyers he deliberately makes us look as uh, daft as possible there although there is sometimes a good week i mean there was last week didn't look didn't look too bad uh, but there there has been some some horrendous ones the, the quiz of course the the competition that we do of course well you know <laughs> steve steve's put a few pounds on on that one but yeah ja, ja, john from jab and john from cute uh, both enjoy mocking us up and making us look funny this one is on paul oxley's timeline i uh, know this one this is it He's got me. He's got you looking nice. like Steve Bruce and you like Mike Ashley. <laughs> Says that's going to be next week. This one, um, I, I forget who this is, is, but I love this one. Ah, uh, yeah. 
There's me with me lockdown. There's me with me lockdown body. Steve, you don't look too chuffed, and Mitch is having a proper loving with uh, with Steve Hasty there. But uh, a bit yeah, of a, blue, bit of a blue rinse there as well, Steve. Ah, you look like Phyllis from uh, Coronation Street from years ago. You used to get in the Rovers, but uh, fascinating stuff anyway. I'll keep them coming in, pe- uh, people sending stuff on online, etc. And uh, we're going to have to do Tweet of the Month a little bit early. Normally we'd do it at half past, uh, half past six, but because we've had that many uh, Tweets of the Month, um, it's probably going to take... It's going to take up a little bit more, a little bit longer than we thought. So here we go, Tweet of the Week. Wow, where was it? Where we start with this? Honestly, we've been inundated, and I mean inundated with uh, with tweets from from you lot out there. Um, people have actually been screenshotting them and sending them to us. And uh, Steve's Steve's picked the best ones here, so um, we'll start with this one, which uh, I thought was quite funny anyway. Um, Susie Dent, of course, her of uh, Countdown fame, um, had tweeted, and this is just the way that it had finished on someone's uh, on on someone's timeline. Word of the day is ah. A 19th century verb meaning to make no progress whatsoever on a job in hand, literally to shuffle backwards. And then underneath was Steve Bruce, which is, you know, it's just the way that it fell on the timeline. But I thought I thought that was quite funny. Uh, Paddy Power have been having a right field day with the way Newcastle's uh, Newcastle season is going. And um, Paddy Power's uh, tweet, uh, there we go, on the 23rd. Newcastle have pretty much declared on 19 points for the season, are hoping that the teams below them just won't reach that. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry, uh, really, at uh, the way things are going for for our club. Ian Mearns, uh, Steve sent us this uh, during the week. Can we get a manager on loan? He said <laughs> when uh, the Chronicle had posted Bruce is hopeful of a possible loan deal in the final week of the January transfer window. So, yes, uh, thanks to Ian, a regular on the show. Simon Bird, another one. Steve Bruce has concluded his press conference and took no questions from the written media. Video call cut off after just four reporters from TV asked questions. First time in 20 years that's happened. Piss poor from Club and Bruce. Simon Bird, uh, respected journalist, it has to be said. Uh, clearly not happy and uh, a man who's obviously took on Joe Kinnear in the past. Uh, but as uh, we discussed a little bit earlier on the show, very difficult to fight back uh, when <laughs> when it's all been done by Zoom. Um that guy there, as many of you remember, the uh, the publicity minister from uh, Iraq who used to come on um, and uh, basically say that everything was fine and the place was falling around behind him. Uh, he's been used to uh, sum up the Newcastle situation at the moment. The NUFC press conference was a complete success this morning. All fans should be proud of our glorious team and our leader, Steve Bruce. On Saturday, they recorded a morale-boosting 0-2 result with encouraging signs. Everything is good. There is no need for alarm. That did uh, that did tickle us as well. Um, Ryan Davison, eleven. He said, uh, "Bruce, I've never been able to play Ryan and Alan together." And then uh, basically, Ryan went on to uh, say that he has in thirty-seven percent of our games and chose to in just one Wolves away. And then in three games, he subbed Fraser on for ESM. Brighton home, Burnley home and Everton home. And then in two games, Fraser was an unused sub. West Ham away and Man United at home. So uh, just really, um, you know, basically showing and highlighting how, uh, you know, unprepared Steve Bruce is, I would say, when he's in front of the camera. Steve, Steve, that also shows, though, as a manager, you can't can't bullshit your way through things now. 
We've can't. got stats so instantly and readily available, and our fan base are bloody good at using them and utilising them. Because half of them play every football manager night and day, and they'll trot stuff out. And they'll, you come out with something that's crap, that's absolutely factually incorrect, you'll be hammered straight away, and he doesn't seem to get that. No, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to get it. Well, his son's on Twitter, as we know. Alex Bruce is on Twitter, but um, you know, he clearly, you know, he clearly doesn't inform his dad, uh, you know, how daft he is at times with some of the stuff that he comes out with. But uh, this one again tickled us as well. Chelsea are delighted to confirm the appointment of Steve Bruce as Chelsea's head coach. He leave his position as head of coach of Newcastle United with immediate effect. Hashtag welcome Steve. That did trick a few people. It always makes me laugh how many people actually see some of these and believe that it's true, like the fake Sky Sports news ones, etc. They'll. Really Retweet them and then they get then they realise what they've done. Um, Paddy Power again. They got two in this week based on their improved performance in the second half. You'd have to think that Newcastle are only t- are only ten new players and a new manager away from being decent sides. <laughs> Oh, God, honestly. Um, now, this one, um, it's it, obviously apologies for the, the, the smallness of it, but um, it, it was quite a good one. And uh, I think it was Diane. Revere's, I think it was. My eyesight's not that good. Like Narnia, it's always winter, but never Christmas for Toon fans. Um, good way of good way of describing Newcastle United's current plight. And uh, our lead from the uh, from the um, worldwide squad and the uh, Matchday Live squad, uh, he did this. Now he he ordered his BN uh, Sports Pack, be out Q box, and uh, there is our good friend Al um with a picture of. Uh, Who's that, uh, lads? Can you make it out? It looks like uh, it looks like Ben Jacobs to me. I don't know about ah, you. Yeah, Ben Jacobs. So we had some fun with that, didn't we, when we saw that? Uh, Al got that out there and people were jumping all over it. And, uh, yeah, um, that is our tweet of the week, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We we love that. Uh, the fact that Al Waleed had ordered it, of course, he is living in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And uh, he did tweet him, and there was a little bit of banter went on between uh, him and everybody else. But well done, Alwaleed. You've got the tweet of the week this week, mate. And um, we look forward to getting more. Please send them to me at Steve Wraith on Twitter or at Ultatonian or at Geordie Dentist. Uh, we'll love getting them, and uh, you know we'll pick out the best ones and show them next week. Great stuff. Uh, some great ones there, lads, wasn't there? Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, you know what? When 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 Al when Al Willie did the, did his with the little video, and he opened the box, and then he opened the pamphlet, and out popped Ben's photograph. And I just I just couldn't I just couldn't stop laughing. It was just it was just so brilliant. Like what a sense of humour and and how brilliant you know to, to from all those miles away and you know obviously a, a, a Newcastle fan. Um, and getting into the spirit of things, getting into the the humour that uh, that Newcastle fans are famous for, and uh, I think he, I think he, he he absolutely nailed it this week. Quite frankly, you know, it was brilliant. Yeah, no, it was superb. Uh, Adam Telford says, if we get a takeover, I'd go with Allegri. Uh, not that Rafa isn't great, just he is, uh, but but I think Allegri could get us uh, further. Adam, all about opinions, mate, and um, you know, really appreciate the fact that you uh, you send your messages in. Uh, you've always got some good points, Allegri lads. What what would your take on Allegri be? Go on, Neil. Well, it, I think it depends what somebody wants to do when they come in do they want to 
create a secure platform on which to build something to go further down the line? Or do they want something that's an absolute immediate impact? You know, and I, and I think that's the that's the difficulty. Um, and, I, and I get why people could come up with a number of different names that might tackle and tackle where we're going in a totally different way. Um, you you know my feelings on it when we were asked about Rafa a couple of weeks ago by someone, you know, um, that I see him as somebody to come in and build a, build a platform to then go forward on, consolidate, create the springboard to then create a dynasty. Um, and I don't think that's what you'd get with a leg. You'd get impact. Though. You'd certainly get impact. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I think I would quite like to um, quite, quite like to, to just get some security first before we start talking about people coming in and managers coming in and where we're going to go. There's so many other things that need to drop into place uh, first. And that's what we need first is that kind of level of security, not... Uh, not to be getting a little pie in the sky about Allegri or whoever else we want to talk about, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, Steve, you, you, I notice you're getting a bit of stick, and I mean, I, I, I don't often, I don't often highlight these things, but I do tend to put them all up, whether they're positive or negative comments. And um, you know, I mean, we always get people asking about, you know, Mitch's watch, etc. But your uh, specs are really starting to create a bit of um, a bit of mystery um, about them. And uh, I mean, this is Dame Edna. Um, dear Medner Average, where are your specs, Steve? I've got it. You know what it is? I, I sit in the I sit in the bedroom here, right? And uh, I've got the I've got this on the on the on the wife's dressing table. So I'll just pick up any old specs that are lying around, thinking I'll be able to get any old reading specs. I found these ones. You know, I know they're like Peter Sissons. Yeah, they're not too bad. I've got these ones that are pink. I found these lying around, so you know they're they're not too bad. Mm-hmm. But there's a pair knocking around with, with diamonds on and all sorts. This is your this is your one ninety nine Primark game, isn't it? You know that's what this is. That's what this is all about. Um, then I found these ones. With, I, I mean, maybe people think these ones are all right. You know, you know, are, are they okay? Oh, you know, they look like deep sea divers or something. Yeah, what the hell are they? What are they? I think they're safety glasses. I don't know what she's got these for, but they, you know, I found these. I think I've I think I've left them in my pocket. When I've come home from work one day, you know, God, I don't even know what they are. Like. They're like um, Joe ninety. Ah, well, that's specs. I think you know. I, I think. Uh, I don't... Hang on. Ah, oh, that, that's what it is. There are reading ones, man. I've, I've sussed it. <laughs> oh my God, that's like down the mine or something. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wear contact lenses, so I very rarely need specs. But as, as you kind of get the opticians, and as you kind of like sort of move around, you're just you're thinking right, well. As the night gets on, you want to just pick a pick a spare pair of reading glasses up. You want to read something close, you know. Well, where's them Dame Edna ones gone? Because that's the oh, ones that have caused. I, I think she's wearing them herself downstairs, actually. Ah, right, okay. <laughs> there we go. That solves the mystery. That solves the mystery of uh, of, of Steve Hasty's glasses, anyway. <laughs> uh, lots of comments coming in. Chris Marshall, the takeover might happen if we get relegated. As the current value, Mike Ashley is wanting us far too much. That would suit the new owners buying the club on the cheap, which is a good point. Uh, Esquinain uh, says there seems to be a switch in the media finally saying Bruce's time is up if you get a chance lad look at Talk Sports Adrian Durham's rant about how Bruce is 
Great show as always. Thanks very much. Yeah, there is a change, Mitch, in the media. There's definitely been a little bit of a swing. Um, it's took some time, mine, but uh, I think finally they're, they're, they're realising what we've been complaining about. Well, I think a lot of, a lot of the, the guys who... Um, Adrian Drum's an interesting one because he usually likes to get a bit controversial. Um, but he is actually um, somebody who I think can see what's genuinely going on. And, and you know, we've had a lot of people in the media who've been back and boost. A lot of them have been these uh, former players who really know little about the club, little about the region, and little about uh, what we as a fan base want. Those with, who are sort of more calm and level-headed are now starting to say, hang on a minute. Um, we've got to look at the... Um, look at the, the, the whole uh, situation in terms of we were being told by certain sections of the media earlier in the season um, we should be happy because you've got to look at the results. Now, if you want to apply the same principle, look at the results. And the results are now just don't lie. And this is what we were saying earlier in the season was coming, that the luck would run out eventually that eventually that's where um, it would come and bite you on the backside, and now it is. And I think you can't hide behind the results now. You can't turn around to the fan base and say that we should be happy because the results don't lie. Uh, and I think that's what's seeding the change from certain areas of the media because they're looking at the results, they're looking at the statistics, they're looking at the way we're playing, they're looking at the things like you know possession statistics and um, the chances that we're not making uh, and the goals we're not scoring from open play, um, and and you you can't you can't dress that up any other way than terrible, really. Um, so those who've got um, half an inkling of professional integrity you're now turning around going yeah actually this really isn't very good is it um, and I think they, they can't there's nothing they can use to hide behind to try and spin it the other way and get Newcastle fans wound up you know um, particularly somebody like Adrian Durham on TalkSport they, they live for clickbait they live for a reaction um, and he can't get a reaction so now he's got to get on board with the fans to get with joining in to get their reaction to the to the stories because actually you can't dress it up any other way yeah absolutely you know what Mitch there's a program on on Radio 5 that uh, Colin Murray runs uh, called Fight and Talk and I mean it was actually a bit fun a bit comedy but they always had this thing at the end where when there was like the last two competitors in in it and he he had to make the decision on who was the the one of the week and he had had this thing called Defend the Indefensible that's where the press are now the, the the media who have who have been standing alongside um, Steve Bruce have suddenly found that they're defending the indefensible. Newcastle fans have caught them out. Newcastle fans, with their cleverness, their education, their knowledge of football, and their knowledge of what they're watching, have caught them out. They've caught them, yeah. caught, called, we've called them out, and we're showing them for what they are. And now they're having to fall behind us. They're having to realise that you know what. The fans were right all along. You know, we saw weeks and weeks and weeks ago what was happening. And they were they were adamant that we were wrong. 
you know what? They are they have spent their entire time defending the indefensible. And mm. now they're having to eat that massive, massive plate of humble pie. And they're doing yeah. it because they've got no other option but do it. Because otherwise they would look fools. Yeah. 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 100%. No, I would... Yeah. I would agree. Uh, people asking about Amanda Stavely's court case, and it's something which I've been asked a few times, and it's one of them because the messages come thick and fast on some of these shows. We do miss them sometimes. We should hear something about that this this year. I mean, it, it concluded um, the case, so I, I think it just takes time for a verdict to, to to develop, and you know we'll just wait and see what happens with that. But uh, Amanda and PCP win that; they will, uh, will you know they'll be very happy, and obviously be a lot uh, a lot richer. Um, so uh, we'll we'll wait to see what happens with that with interest. Um, Mitch says one for you, I suppose, and and, and Mitch is, uh, and and Steve as well. Thoughts on Ben Jacobs' summary of the GAC position on the BN issue. Uh, Mitch, you first. Ben's very good at putting himself in a position where um, he looks like he knows more than he does. Um, I'm not questioning that he does have contacts and I'm not questioning uh, the way he goes about things. Um, but I think he's he's also you've also always got to remember with Ben, there are certain things that come with him. Um, and I'll refer people to the podcast he did with Andrew Musgrove at Chronicle. That had to be pulled because it was, it was, it wasn't terribly factually accurate at times, and gave a lot of um, misinformation and misleading information. He's he's very good at positioning himself with his words, and he's very good at at, at seeming like he knows more than he really does. Even when he does actually know quite a lot, he still wants to make out that he knows even more. Um, and and I I. What people think of Ben, I don't believe Ben's a Qatari shill or anything else that gets chucked at him. Um, His number one interest is protecting his position. Um, And the the problems I have with Ben and his reporting um, are very easily looked up on Google about, you know, things that have happened historically. And I have to find trouble trusting somebody like with this sort of things that have happened in the past around him. That's my personal take on it. Um, I see through some of the um, positioning, shall we say, and some of the ways he, he goes about things. Um, whilst, sadly, he can write superbly and he can actually be very useful in explaining certain uh, ways that things are going to happen in the region because he has been in the region for a while. You know, and, and he, he he's, he's he's I came across him quite a lot in his time here in, in Dubai, and so did friend, many friends of mine. Um, and so you know you can't deny that he's got some sort of insight into how the region acts and goes on. Um, but he, like I say, he's just very good at positioning himself with his words. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Steve. What's your uh, take on him? I I, I was fascinated. When, when the question came up, when somebody said to him, uh, Ben, uh, where are we with the GAC? And his immediate response was, uh, well, things are happening. And it took four hours before we then found out what those things were. I presume he went on to Google and he started to like, search and found out, first of all, what the GAC was. And then afterwards made some phone calls to people to, 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 to try and establish what it is. I'd never heard of the GAC, I'll be perfectly honest. 
uh, you know, the GAC is the general authority for competition in Saudi Arabia. Uh, they're the people who make the decisions on competition uh, rules. And uh, when I say competition rules, I'm talking about in business, whether somebody's breached the, the, the rules of, of, of competition law um, in Saudi Arabia. He then, he then produced like uh, a, a, a sheet of about, uh, about 12 or 15 tweets, um, basically spelling out what was going on in his, in his mind. I did chip in and go, that was great. You could have done it in one. You could have said things are happening, things are being looked at, and we'll know in a couple of weeks. Um, we didn't give this long diatribe, which is fine. That's not a, that's not a problem. It's keeping where to get. It's keeping where, it's keeping the interest flying. Um, but at, but at the end of the day, I think he covered every single base that was possible to cover, so that when a decision's made, you can fall on and go, yeah, I told you it would happen, or you can fall the other way and go, I told you it wouldn't happen. Um, it's, it's an art. It's, that's that's why you go to Oxford University and you study for three or four years, uh, and then get get involved in the media to be able to write and be able to, to extrapolate information and, and put information out there in a certain in a certain skill in a certain way. We've got some brilliant writers in, in, in among our fan base who can do exactly the same. You know, we've got wordsmiths coming out of where he is <laughs> in the Newcastle fans base. But I just found it like sort of. Um, you know why? Why see in fifteen tweets what you can see in one? You know, we're, 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 it's something's something's going on, something's happening. It'll be a few weeks time. I've spoken to somebody, and they said, yeah, they're looking at the BN Sports uh, license, and a decision will be made shortly on whether or not they're coming back. That was it. That was it. But that—that's my. That's the way I would have done it. But uh, you know, Ben has it has a different way of, of wanting to keep everybody informed of every single side of every single fraction of of every single possibility of how this this deal's gonna spin out. Hey, great, you know. Uh, it certainly it certainly got fans interested, didn't it? Oh it did. Yeah, there's no 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 doubt about that at all. Um just want to uh come to this photograph. Tom Dixon, regular in the chat. Um uh, Tom often uh, posts uh, stuff which um, uh, is breaking news and stuff. Good evening, Tom. Uh, big Dunstan fan as well. Uh, he's, he wanted to dig out a photo of him with his specs on, Steve. So um, maybe so start at this. If you wear specs um, or glasses um, or a monocle, maybe he's, uh, drop us a, a picture at, uh, at Steve Wraith and uh, we'll get it up online. But yeah, Tom, very fresh, very Russ Abbott, that. Very Russ Abbott. I had the hats last week and now we've got the specs this week and he's, he's ruled them all together. Well done. He's, He's gone for a double, yeah, he's gone for a double. John Askew uh, is keeping us on the takeover. He says, lads, regarding the takeover, is it primarily about ownership, Saudi PIF versus Saudi state, or broadcasting politics? I can't be the only one confused. So uh, can you can you answer the question, Mitch? Well, I'll give you my take on it. Yeah, give the me your take, yeah. The, the entire reason they wanted to have this association between state and PIF is connected to the piracy issue and that what they were wanting to make clear or to, to effectively to get Saudi to admit that the running of uh, the piracy in uh, Saudi Arabia through BOQ was state sponsored and therefore they were wanting to tie state and PIF together in such a way that they could then turn around 
and say, this isn't happening because the state control everything and the state are obviously controlling Big OQ and the piracy. If you remove the piracy issue from the table, I would almost guarantee they would not give a monkeys about this relationship between the Saudi state and PIF going forward. That's my take on it. That's how the, the, the Premier League and the Big Six have been able to hide behind the piracy issue. It's the issue that they wanted to go back to time and again in, in terms of finding a way to create barriers for the for the takeover. And that's what it all hangs on. So if piracy is removed as an issue, i.e. Um, being sports is widely and freely available across the entire country of Saudi Arabia, and therefore, um, and other things that have already happened, like numerous laws being brought in regarding piracy and intellectual rights in Saudi um, it removes the, the separation of state and PIF from the entire picture. I don't think they'd be interested in it anymore. And and that's my take on it. That's how I see this sitting and why it was such an important issue to the Premier League, even though many, if not every other legal body in the, in, in, in the world that has looked at the situation of PIF have come to the conclusion that it is a separate entity, the Saudi state. The Premier League have taken a very different stance on it to suit. Um, now, that for me is a potential weakness going forward, looking at what the arbitration side of things is going to look at. Have they been in the Middle East and taken legal advice from somebody in Saudi? Or have they just applied the, the thoughts and the thought process of somebody in London? Because that's a very different thing and a potential weakness in the argument. Uh, but either way, if piracy is removed and the issue of piracy is removed, I'm quite quite adamant in my heart of hearts that the separation of PIF and state is no longer an issue if that's gone. Yeah, uh, we're now getting inundated with pictures. Um, yes, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, yes, uh, Steve Hasty, uh, This I quite like this one from Julio George yeah. on Twitter. That's very you, Steve, when you're just, just about to have a rant. Um, <laughs> I, I will, any, any more that we get, I will upload them. But uh, this this spectacle thing is starting to become a spectacle of the show. Um, but yeah, <laughs> what's your take, Steve, on, 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 on what we're just discussing there? Yeah, I, I think I think Neil's correct, and I, but I, I, I still I still have a, a an idea that in my head that the Premier League um, are really really worried about the financial, and I think that the Premier League, yes, they've just signed a, a three hundred and forty million pound five hundred million dollar um, deal with BN Sports for uh, future broadcasting. I wonder how how secure that is. I wonder what penalty clauses there are in there if piracy still continues in Saudi Arabia or if BN Sports still think there is piracy occurring in Saudi Arabia. That's the, that's the, that's the thing. You, you can make allegations, but it's providing the proof. And I think 
BN Sports will try and hide behind that for an awful long time because it took them so long to break that, you know, nine attempts that they had with the Premier League to try and prove or disprove the the the, the whole piracy aspect, which they ended up going all the way to, to New York and the World Trade Organization. And I think that I think that the the Premier League top six, the Premier League itself, the other 19 clubs, including Newcastle United, I suppose, in, in one respect, as we're part of that, you know, they're sitting there thinking, well, if if we've had to sign something with BN Sports that says there's a massive penalty clause, um, if piracy continues, how do we know that BN Sports aren't going to pull that out of the woodwork at any particular time? So, I'm, I'm I'm very very wary of, of of all the politics that goes on. I, I understand where Neil's coming from. Um, I just think that the longer it goes on, the more and more obstacles and hurdles will be put in the way. The more and more excuses that are, are going to fly around, and it's the job of those people to try and, and who are involved in the takeover to try and break it down. Um, will they, will they manage it? Yeah, I think they will. I think they will manage it. I think that the whole aspect of what's happening and the breakthroughs that are occurring between Qatar and Saudi Arabia um, are politically very, very important to, to this deal, although this deal doesn't hang on that. Or, well, yeah, this deal does hang on that, but the political breakdown doesn't hang on Newcastle United. You know, it, it, we're at, and we've said it time and time again, again we're a tiny, tiny 0.1% cog of the entire um, investment of the of the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, Steve. So we, we shouldn't we shouldn't think that, that everything that's happening there is is for us. Yeah. Uh, there are there are other there are people battling on a totally different plane to to that. You know, we're we're way 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 below. So we shouldn't we shouldn't get too wrapped up in it. Big thanks to Chippers. Uh, these glasses things are really uh, flying in now, lads. Chippers has sent us this in. Um, wondering whether you would fancy them, Steve. Uh, they're obviously Sam Chipperfield's Christmas specs. Got his Christmas hat on there. Uh, Dom and Lily have uh, just sent in this on the beach. Uh, on the beach photograph. Steve's missing them. He's getting distracted. His glasses come back in for the specs, I think. Um, but there we go. Yeah, we've got Dom and Lily with their glasses. Uh, Sam, you missed that one, Steve. There's Sam Chipperfield. He sent that one in. A uh, pair of Bobby Dazzlers there. Tim Cairns has sent these in. Um, I'm not sure whether you could wear these in the bar, Mitch. I've been via glasses, you know. Via via goggles. Yeah. I Nick Williams is uh, Nick Williams hasn't sent any um, any photographs of him with specs on. He has sent us this though. Uh, Newcastle United's um, uh, put this out onto social media. Tune in training gear, uh, gearing up for Goodison. Um, for a gallery of today's training session, you often see this, and then Dave Little's put a little comment underneath at the bottom: "Yellow team won." <laughs> yeah. Absolutely brilliant, mate. You know Absolutely. what's happened, Steve? Yeah, my brother has rang my wife and said, "Get yourself upstairs and give him his specs back." So I've got <laughs> my specs back. Right? So I've got these ones. I've got. These ones, black. Oh my God! What are they? Are they Larry Grayson's? These are the. Uh, this is what. This is, 
This is what I'm up against. They're yours. You've got Mrs. Hasty in on the mix now. Been sent up, and then I've then I've got these ones. Oh, hey! I tell you what. This is becoming an obsession. It is. It is. Have you got one of them? You've got one of them racks at home, or something, with them all on. You know, I've got, I've got as many pairs of, of, of reading specs as you've got watches, I think, Rich. <laughs> now, those, Bob, those, Bobby, those Bobby Dazzlers that you had on before, which had, like, the pattern around them, Steve, can you dig them back out? The black and white spotty ones. Aye. Those ones. Right, keep them on. Uh, uh, right. There's Larry Grayson, look. There you go. Larry Grayson, it's a similar thing, spotted spotted things. Yeah, that isn't a picture that I've got, by the way. Love, Larry. Dear me, I've just found that on the internet. But yeah, this is definitely yeah, going to yeah. become a this is this is definitely going to become a regular section. I think. Jeanette's insisting. I've got it. I've got to let you know. She says they're all hers. She's telling us. She's telling us they're all hers. But thanks to thanks to woman Northern Rock on Twitter, Jed. He's the one who's forced it on us. Dear me. I'm going to have to get my own back on him sometime, aren't I, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm, well, you, you'll have to, yeah, I would <laughs> I would say. Um, loads of comments coming in. Lee G says, if Newcastle were to get relegated but taken over after Ashley winning his case, uh, would he or the new owners be able to sue the Premier League because of it? I mean, it's you know legal legal action. Would that be something that he would pursue, do you think? You know what? That's that's a that's a good question, and that's a question that loads of people have said that that's the only reason he's in for it, into this for. And we know ourselves that it's not. He's in for this because he wants to sell to the PIF. He wants to sell to yeah. the consortium of PIF and PTP. the The whole idea of compensation is not something on his agenda. He he has made his mind up that he's selling to these people, and that's why he's going through this court case. That's why he's going through this arbitration. Because he thinks that he can win the arbitration, and that and that he will be able to sell the football club to whoever he wants. So, unless unless he loses the arbitration and something drastically happens, um, I don't think that that's a I don't think that's on the on the agenda or, or even a possibility. To be perfectly honest, because I think there's I don't know I I remember reading about about FIFA and UEFA and particular FIFA. And I'm sure there were rules that said that you could not sue, as a football club, a, a governing body. That you know that you, you could go into an arbitration with them. And Premier League rules allow for arbitration, and for 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 that, that legal process to happen. But I don't think you can sue them for for losses. I I, I may be wrong, but I, I remember you know reading up about FIFA a, a number of years ago about that, and there was also rules about governance. Uh, Government input into into football and into the running of 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 uh, football uh, associations and government input into it, which had happened in Africa and it happened in South America before, and and countries at that level have been banned from football when there's been government interventions or government control over what goes on in football. So there are there are some very very strange, archaic um, and interesting. Um, caveats within the rules of, of the game uh, or the, in, in the governance of football that need to be to, to really be looked at you know um, I can remember and I'm sure Neil can remember well but maybe he can't um, the likes of El Salvador and people like that who went to war 
um, for the World Cup in, in, because Over of a World Cup result. Yeah, match. yeah, yeah. So then, then politically, you were that gave FIFA a massive, massive big headache when I think it was El Salvador and Honduras. You know, just over one particular game, and that, that I remember the aggro that was caused. Then I know that there's been situations in Africa. Um, it tied in the African Cup of Nations where cl- countries have been thrown out because they've threatened to that their governments have threatened to get involved and they've said, No, if you've got if you've got like the prime minister who's also running your football association, then you're out of the game, you're out of that. Yeah. I'm sure that, that that in football governance and in football rules, you cannot do that type of thing, you know. But hey, who knows? Who knows? Uh, law is a strange thing, isn't it? You know, uh, it's amazing what you can, you know, you, what you can drive a coach and horses through these days. You know, when it comes to to the law, because everything's everything's open to interpretation. So. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, somebody, Paul Gray says, does Steve Hasty live in Vision Express? You met with a sexy Joe Walker sent this photograph in. He says that's his current mood. That is him wearing yeah. his specs. Yeah. Thanks for that, Joe. And um, Wayne has sent us this. He says, does Steve play the piano? No. No, you don't. So uh, yeah, that answers. That's about it. <laughs> ACAS, uh, we did talk about this uh, a little bit earlier, but yeah, do we think it's totally dependent on Premiership status? I don't. I think the gist of it was no, we probably don't. Um, I think you know he, he does want to sell because because of what's happening in the high street. Mike Ashley needs money, he needs collateral. I think there was that well well publicised line. Um, you know, maybe his last year, or, uh, losing track of years, but I think it was last year or the year before where he said his money was all in. You know, it was it was it, it wasn't cash in the bank. It was all in wallpaper or something along those lines. He said and. Uh, uh, you know, he, he does need he does need money. Well, just switch it round here before we uh, before we get on to Mitch's lookalike uh, section. Um, Joel Linton. Um, a lot of people wondering why he hadn't been selected, and I've got to be honest, I was scratching my head. I mean, he hasn't been going through the worst worst of form um, for, for him. It has to be said. Uh, but Keith Downey has just put a bit on Twitter and put part of it on here. Uh, here we go. Uh, NUFC spokesperson. We are disappointed by the image shared by Joe Linton getting his hair cut. There are clear COVID-19 protocols in place and the club continues to guide and educate players on their behaviour. That's what that basically says. So, yeah, Joe Linton has clearly been breaching the rules somewhere along the line, um, Mitch, and has been caught out. Yeah, we tell the players the responsibilities. The club will be taking appropriate action internally. So he's obviously put a photograph out there, getting his hair done uh, when all the hairdressers are closed. I was going to say, it seems a bit of a shame since he's been socially distancing himself from the football for the entire (laughs) time he's been at the club. Um... Uh, you know, it comes to something whereby there seems to be internal issues with players who aren't in good form anyway. Um, what a mess. What a mess of a club we are with a £40 million striker who hasn't delivered. Um, and again, Bruce doesn't seem to know where, what to do with him, where to put him. His second touch is invariably a tackle, um, which doesn't really bode well for the way the midfield's playing at the minute anyway. You know, he'd, he'd be in that no-man's land, um, hopelessly chasing the ball he's poorly controlled with his chest and put two yards in front of him, you know. Um, and 
we know what managing footballers is like. Um, it, it's it's like a school trip. You know, you've got to check that they've got their lunch and they've got their got their raincoat and that they haven't left something off the on the bus when they get off. And you know, it it, it really is like that. They talk to um, my good mate out here, John Gard, who runs the runs Le Petit Bells, which is where we get the Geordies into. Now it's back open, uh, and John's big Everton fan, so he's looking forward to the game tomorrow. <laughs> um, and uh, but he used to work for Liverpool. And the job him and his dad were very well known for a time at Liverpool uh, for doing was running around looking after the players, you know. And some of the stories he has from, you know, even twenty years ago, you know, uh, getting players to sign checks to make sure that the electric wasn't going to get cut off, and you know, the, the, some of the, the the daft little things that he had to put up with, and. You know, going in to see a player who'd uh, set fire to his living room carpet because he decided to have a, a barbecue inside rather than outside because it was raining, you know. Um, all these kind of things. This is what managing professional footballers is like. You know, it, it's it, talking to my mate uh, who's one of the coaches at West Ham and he, he describes it as, as like a big, big school trip every year, trying to organise them and trying to keep them in line. So is it any wonder that they'll, they'll trip up and make mistakes over putting something on social media about getting a haircut because somebody hasn't got a mask on or, or something like that, which is, yeah, it's wrong. You know, the, that's the, I think players do forget sometimes the, 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 their duty, whether they want it or not, to be role models in one way, shape, form or another. People yeah. are always watching, even more so now. They kind of get away with nothing now because there's cameras everywhere, there's camera phones everywhere. Look at St. Maximin was back in the country six hours and there's a picture of her in Sainsbury's, you know. Um, that kind of thing. Um, and, and, and I think at this moment in time and the current situation with COVID and the way the world is, they've, they've got to be increasingly aware. And, and the club, they were to be fair, probably spend half our time banging their heads against the wall when they see some of the things that they're doing. Yeah. Uh, it must be incredibly hard to look after them. Uh, it really must. Um, but, but, you know, is, is this finally the excuse that would be, be ironic if this is the excuse that they need to sort of like give him a proper kick up the arse is that he's, he's put a stupid picture on of him having his hair cut without a mask on or something like that. You know, but but also very typical of modern footballers. You know yeah. what, Mitch? If 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 he was the only one in the Premier League that had been caught out having his haircut, I could understand it because we would know straight away that he was the only one because the Premier League match of the day would would look like a throwback of the nineteen seventies. Would have Tony Curry's and Rodney Marsh's and Stanley Bowles' haircuts and. Even Chrissy Waddle haircut from the nineteen nineties would be would be all over the Premier League, but they're oh. not. So we know for a fact that he's not the only one. And and we've said it before, and we'll say it again. They didn't all get married or live with girls who have done salon skills. How we? We're not going to fault for that one either, you know. So somebody's muckrake and somebody's decided they're going to have a pop, and the lads the lads had a haircut, and now it, it's it's turned into that. I've I've heard stories about 
about other players in that squad who have done far, far worse than getting getting a haircut, quite frankly, in terms yeah. of... He's been stupid, though, by the sounds of it. He's put it on social media. Exactly. And, he, you know, he, you reap what you sow when you do that, unfortunately, yeah. with regards to, to that when you're in the public eye and you're not supposed uh, to be and, doing it. And he's got, he's got form for it as well. Remember when he decided to get his hair dyed red before we played Liverpool? You know, that was just yeah, stupid. Yeah, stupid. Uh, coming up to half an hour to go on the show. Got a few more questions I want to get through and a few more photographs, of course. Uh, Will King 1962 says, This is the only person I want to see at St. James's Park with glasses uh, on. Yeah. Uh, which is, which well, is fair. Chipper, Chipper, base, Chipper's on a, a run. He says, um, Is this Steve Hasty in glasses? <laughs> could be, could be. Mark Byers, uh, he sent us this. Steve Bruce there, of course, uh, and a cabbage with uh, glasses on. Thanks to Steve. Steve Bennett says, does Steve Hasty play snooker? He doesn't, no. No, looking very fetching in those glasses there, Steve, if that was you down at uh, the uh, yeah. the walls, the, the Q-Tech Snooker Club. Down with Q-Tech. And talking of Q-Tech, you knew we would come up with something because he's always quite quick. There you go, Steve. Your new, uh, your new logo with a lovely pair of heart glasses on. Exactly. I'll tell you what, Steve, when you're talking about snooker or pool, uh, we'll, we'll keep that one for when we eventually get back to uh, to doing our uh, our nostalgia programmes. And I'll tell you the story about the time I went to QPR and, and, and ended up uh, playing snooker with a bunch of lads where the snooker clue came in very very handy I can tell you that <laughs> well we should be back on uh, we should be back on Wednesday uh, with uh, the QPR uh, the QPR stuff uh, the retro show uh, Barry Hogan says guys Keith and I talked about discussions taking place to try and sort the takeover before arbitration this sounded really positive do you see it the same way Steve come to you first on that uh, yeah I mean what he's saying is that by the time it comes around to arbitration that, that, that things will have moved outside of the of, of the picture of, of what the club are trying to do, which means that uh, there'll be a little bit of leeway given by the Premier League, uh, which means that the arbitration um, could be very amicable. I think that was the, 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 the phrase that I would use in terms of, you know, it's, it's a good way out. It's a good way for a win-win. I think that's what Keith was getting to. If other things happen in the distance that are outside the control of a football club, possibly inside the control of the Premier League, but certainly things that the Premier League can answer to and, and, and be reassured by. I think that's what Keith was getting at um, when, I, when I listened to him the other night. And uh, if my interpretation of it is, is correct, then, yeah, um, every, everybody's looking for a win-win. Everybody's looking for, for to come out of this well. Everybody wants uh, the best for, for football. And I think that uh, in the long term, a, a takeover by Newcastle United, um, or takeover of Newcastle United by, by PIF, will be good for football. Uh, certainly be good for the region, certainly good for the football club, and might bring an awful lot more excitement to the, to the Premier League than we're seeing uh, with some of these uh, stale mundane games um, that, are, that are occurring. And maybe... Maybe it's the football, maybe it's the Premier League uh, package needs a, an injection of something to make it exciting, to make it better than, 
what what is going to be dished out by the the Spanish who you look at Barcelona and, and Madrid who are struggling uh, financially, um, which means that their game for those two clubs goes stale. But it just means that that that, that uh, Atletico and other clubs can can generate Italy. Uh, you know that they, they they're going to struggle. Uh, the French league is absolutely you know blown apart um, financially with the TV deal that they've lost. So maybe the Premier League does need to get an edge. Maybe it needs the excitement of another club and the better competition and more uh, more competition between another another club and break the top six, move move it into a top ten, um, and 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 make it more even more global than it is now. And I think that. Newcastle United, owned by uh, and run by a consortium including PIF, would do that. Yeah, a uh, lot of people pointing this towards Louise Taylor's article, which um, I've got to be perfectly honest, I haven't read, but the gist of it, lads, essentially, um, is that she, you know they're saying that she's usually got a finger on the on the pulse. She never usually misses a beat. Uh, she's reiterated that the end of February, um, it, she would expect that arbitration would be completed, and she is also suggesting that Rafa Benitez will be back at Newcastle United as the manager. So most most of these, what you would classify as yeah. Yeah, A-list journalists are, are more or less saying the same thing. We we talked about George Colton the other night, um, you know, in his his uh, athletic article, um, essentially saying that you know he still felt that even a takeover might go through if Newcastle were relegated. So it's um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the the A the A-list are, are certainly coming out with you know the, a similar a similar tale, shall we say? Um, last one on the glasses. Uh, that's from uh, Tom. He's Steve Bruce there with their face up there. It's, uh, not sure whose teeth they are like, but uh, could <laughs> Thank you, Dick Emery. Oh, you are awful. It is like Dick Emery. I that is awful. I'll, I'll not sleep after seeing that. Anyway, uh, it's time for our next regular section. Uh, slightly late, but here we go. Two and look alike. Two and look alike. It's Mitch's. Do love the '70s sitcom atmosphere <laughs> of that jingle. I think it's bloody great. We'll get some, we'll all we'll all get some uh, kipper ties on and some of Steve's specs um, when when we all get together. We'll all just sit like the like the three Ronnies or uh, Morgan and Wise when we play that music. Like that that should be our stage music when we eventually get this Christmas do on. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, tune tune look alikey is a regular section. We will give that to Mitch. Um, he was late late getting this to us today, but um, it was worth the wait. Uh, drum roll and here we go <laughs> now that is our, our illustrious leader Mike Ashley and uh, who's the who's the cartoon it's it's young Bobby from King of, King of the Hill honestly it's a spitting dabs isn't it it's, it's a great Fantastic. resemblance great resemblance uh, like Steve saying about being sent to tab I've been being sent lookalikes all week I don't have to do any work at all the people are just sending us so bloody many. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Well, that's a really good one. So if you've got any, uh, if you've got any lookalikes uh, for next week, uh, send them to Mitch. He's uh, he deals with them uh, at Geordie Dentist on Twitter, and uh, I'm sure you will get inundated with uh, with with them as we have been with uh, all of the uh, stuff this week. Thanks. Please keep it coming in. It's nice that you've bought into the uh, the new stuff, and uh, we'll have another tune lookalike next week.
Fantastic, great stuff. Uh, before we look ahead to uh, this weekend's game, well, I say look ahead, um, look, look, look ahead with anticipation and excitement and joy. Um, I have stuck a poll up this uh, this week and um, quick poll for the uh, takeover. Uh, and this was interesting. Um, do you think it's over? Thirty-four percent did. Is it still ongoing? Forty-two percent felt it was still ongoing, and twenty-four percent felt it was they were unsure. 5,673 votes. Um, yeah, interesting to see people's opinion. Um, and I think that probably is about right when you you know when you when you get the comments. I know we have a lot of positivity on this show, whether it's with you guys or whether it's with Liam or Keith or whoever we've had on. But um does that surprise you those results, Mitch? No, not for me, really, mate. Um I totally understand. Um, I've mentioned it a few times on this show in the last few few weeks about takeover fatigue and some people are just absolutely fed up with it they don't really want to know um and if somebody wants to think that it is dead in the water and that that helps them deal with it and understand it after generally in the heart of hard believes it's done and dusted that's absolutely totally fair game as far as i'm concerned um i think there is a a growing swell of people who have just become so fed up with it all they're quite happy to say yeah it's done and dusted and washed their hands off um it's quite a, a quite understandable position to take um and i think there's a fair chunk of people who like they say are unsure um and again there's so much sort of contradictory information back and back and forth and whispers and chinese you know chinese whispers that get expanded into things which are sort of half truths um you know, it's 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 really difficult. Then you, you you flip the other side and talk to somebody like Keith, who's working his backside off to do everything he can. Um, so, of course, he's positive about it because he's at the cutting edge of it all. You know, and and his part of things that we're not party to. Um, so, I I, I get how that that feeling uh, goes. Um, I I think it's a shame. That some people are still happy to manipulate that to turn turn it into something else, um, and to keep this sort of uh, there's still a degree of animosity bouncing around, which is unnecessary and not needed. Um, but you can see why it's fueled and how it's fueled. It's it, it's it's yes, it's a straw poll, it's a Twitter poll. Twitter is an echo chamber at times where you hear what you want to hear, um, and people forget that. Um, but it, 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 it's always a useful sort of, like, finger in the wind way of seeing where the general feeling the fan base is going. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Steve, what's your take on that? Uh, I had to put, before you get that, I had to put my specs on there to read that. To Which read pair? That. <laughs> Just to read that, I presume someone's taken the mickey there when they said that, that, that Luke Edwards had suggested that perhaps Jones had come no. in. So that no. Director of football. no, they're not, mate. They're it's, not, on, mate. it's on Twitter. It's an article. He says he's going to be director of football. You know what? I, I, I wouldn't allow him to direct the traffic on, Sinji, on on Strawberry Place when the road's closed. Never mind director of football, how we? Is it... it, it I don't want to be disparaging, but what is what is Luke smoking this week? You know, because quite frankly, it's like this is just like off the completely off the map. That that that's just like unbelievable. Director of football, 
we've talked about directors of football and sporting directors and stuff like that over the last what 12 18 months mitch we know what a director of football is supposed to be about we also know what a sporting director is supposed to be about and in both situations <laughs> Steve Bruce is not the person that you'd bring in for either of those roles, no. and they are distinctly different roles. Um, sorry about that. I had a that was like a mini rant. That was that, that was that was prompted by somebody else. Um, I, I agree with Mitch entirely on the on the poll. Um, it, it's a, it's an excellent way of of, of just gauging um, where people are, where where people's opinion is is sitting or. More importantly, where that where the whole mindset is in terms of I've lost this, I'm still in with it, and I'm not sure where we are. And and, and it's, there's only the three ways you can go. Um, and I, I understand in all three situations, people who are confused, who can't make a decision, people who have decided to just throw it all to the four winds and decide that the table's not going to happen. And the people who like ourselves, uh, in some respects, feel as though that there's still skin in the game. And uh, we know that we're still in the skin in the game uh, scenario, but I understand exactly where people are coming from, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, a it's a rhetorical question. I'm just trying to find this online, uh, you know, Luke Edwards' piece. And, it, and it, obviously you've got to subscribe. I'm not subscribing to The Telegraph. I've got no interest in reading that. Uh, but, but could Steve Bruce's future at Newcastle United be as director of football? That's the headline. I'd love to know what the substance of it is. Um, you know, it's talking about re potential reshuffle with Graham Jones coming in. There's a photograph of Steve Bruce looking utterly miserable with Graham Jones standing next to him talking. So God knows, I'm sure that will all come out over the, over the next uh, over the next few days, and, and people will be able to throw that around. Lots of people commenting about the takeover. Some some people saying it's over, get over it. Look, that's that's your opinion. Uh, we believe it's still on. We believe it'll still happen. Um, we we still feel that arbitration, or you know, maybe something prior to arbitration and, and some kind of resolution will be will be hit, resolved, whatever. Um, you may not believe it's going to happen. So you know, it, it's entirely up to you. It really is. You know, it really is up in the air. Um, all I know is that I just want it to be over because I, I've had this conversation with uh, many, many uh, people over the last few days. Uh, I am sick to the back teeth of the takeover. I really am. I was sick to the back teeth of it last year, um, but I still want it to go through. Um, but really, it's it's caused so much division in the fan base. There's a lot of people, um, a lot of people, really starting to you know wind things up and wind people up and it's not on it's not on you know and we can all have opinions and my opinion is i still believe it'll go through um if you believe it's not going to go through great but you know let's you know let's just concentrate on you know supporting the team and look john hunter there we go you're uh, you're tormented yourself come on yeah i am tormented john um because ultimately it, you know, I believe it's going to go ahead and that's, I'm not tormenting myself as in, you know, it's definitely not going to happen and I'm trying to convince myself it will. I, I do speak to various people on both sides of the deal and I do believe that it's going to go ahead. So that's not tormenting myself. That's having a little bit of knowledge, which, you know, gives me the impression that it's going to go ahead. It's as simple as that, really. Let's look ahead to tomorrow's game anyway, lads. And uh, Steve, I think you said it was tomorrow night. It's actually tomorrow afternoon, isn't it? Afternoon, I think. Yeah. Exactly. I think I had to double check there, but yeah, it's Everton away tomorrow, uh, twelve thirty start live on BT Sport, and uh, 
Well, if we're looking for omens, this is the first time we've visited Everton on a Saturday. I did mention this since 2010. And of course, on that occasion, we yeah. won 1-0 and Ben Arthur scored. So yeah. fingers crossed, uh, Newcastle could essentially uh, have that little bit of luck and get three points. Yeah, I know I'm being overly optimistic. Um, of course, on the downside... If um, you know if, if we don't win, um, this is going into this game uh, without an away Premier League goal. I think the last one was you know over what, nearly 400, 400 minutes ago, uh, five hundred minutes in all competitions. Um, honestly, this it's just a horrendous run, and 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 the longer these runs go on, the more concerned you're going to get. Anyway, team news: Fernandez remains out, of course, after missing the last three games. Kieran Clark and Paul Dummett were training on Thursday. Nothing has been mentioned as to whether they'll be in the squad tomorrow, though. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin's work permit is, is still rules him out. Again, something we haven't touched on the night. We've spoken about that on other shows this week. Uh, DeCorey is available for Everton uh, after his suspension. Uh, Alan, Fabian Delph and Jean-Philip Gabarman remain sidelined with fitness issues. Uh, Everton have won four at home in the Premier League this season. They've beaten West Brom, Brighton. And Chelsea and Arsenal. They've drawn two against Liverpool and Leicester, and they've lost against Man United, Leeds, and West Ham. The man, uh, the referee for tomorrow's game is Stuart Atwell, and uh, he's quite a lucky omen. We're looking to extend a hundred percent success record in games that the Warwickshire Whistler has handled, uh, which is uh, which will be five tomorrow. So you never know. There's a few omens in there, and of course, uh, yeah, it's it's a mixed it's a mixed bag of results down at Everton for Newcastle. Um, of, of course, last season we had that amazing 2-2 draw with Lejeune bagging two goals at the death when it all looked as if uh, it was all over. Uh, we drew the previous season, um, we, I think it was with Rondon scoring in that. Uh, and then after that, it's just a, a catalogue of defeats against Everton, um, you know, until you go back to the days of Kabai and Remy. Um, when uh, Newcastle and Demba Bar as well. So yeah, interesting game. Uh, how do we see it going? Uh, what what formations would you would, would you think about playing? Um, Steve, come to you first on that. What 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 are you hoping to see tomorrow? What do you expect to see? Well, I, I don't expect to see Sean Longstaff. That's for sure. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't. I don't think Sean Longstaff will have even travelled. To be perfectly honest, we know that Fernandez hasn't travelled. Um, we know that Yedlin hasn't travelled because. Uh, of the of the whole uh, situation <laughs> with his work permit, dear me. The, the short long stuff one fascinates me. Um, we, we've heard all sorts of stuff during the week about about that, you know. And uh, if it's true that he hasn't even he hasn't even travelled with a squad, um, that leaves a massive, massive big question about what's going on in Newcastle. Because I, I I genuinely think Sean Longstaff is a is a great a great squad player for Newcastle United. I think Sean Longstaff's been wasted uh, over the last eighteen months. I know he I know he had a difficult injury uh, to, to get over, um, but I think that he hasn't been helped one one iota. And I, if I'm if I'm perfectly honest, I think that Steve Bruce has hung him out to dry, um, and I think that he's been used as a scapegoat for. Um, other people in our midfield. Um, so, for him not to be there um, when he's a, an established uh, member, normally member of the squad, uh, is a massive surprise for me. The, the Pickford situation fascinates us as well because I, I, I saw earlier on, and I, I, I know where that's coming from. 
uh, that, that Ancelotti has said that Pickford might not play tomorrow. Ancelotti's decided that Pickford should never play against Newcastle, hasn't he? Um, yeah. Because the kid panics. He panics. Uh, in, <laughs> tomorrow would be perfect for him because there's no fans to get at him. You know, but whether or not in his head he, he has this thing about Newcastle United uh, that that shakes him up, I I, I don't know. But um, I, I like the way Ancelotti set his team up. I like the way that he's that he's managed to, to galvanise that that squad very very quickly. He's put his own shape on it. He's put his because he is a, a, a very intelligent uh, a, a coach, you know. Um, Hamez is a, a, a lovely footballer. I put on Twitter this week that the the the, the lad that that, uh, that that Arsenal have just signed. If they have just signed a player that's got anywhere near like the skill of Hamez. Uh, coming from uh, Madrid, then they'll have had, they'll have a player as well because I think Hamas is a player. I think he's a, I think he's a, a, a smashing uh, introduction into the Premier League. I just wish that I had the opportunity to go to Everton and see him play uh, and and see him at St James's Park as well because you you don't think players like Hamas very often. And uh, this is what this is what you enjoy. You enjoy seeing your players pitting themselves against quality. And I enjoy watching quality on the, on the football pitch, whether it's from our own squad or from 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 the opposition, you know. Um, and you remember games like that. You remember uh, top class opposition players who have, have have turned it on. I can go back way way back. I remember a, a, an FA Cup game uh, that Newcastle played against Sheffield United, where we went down to Sheffield, we drew nil nil, and then Tony Curry decided that he would just turn it on in the in the return leg, and and absolutely tore us apart, and they beat us two nil. And and I admired Tony Curry from that day onwards as a, as an absolutely special footballer, and I think you do that, and youngsters do that with the likes of Hamez and people like that, you know. Um, and it's the same when Man when we play Man City, but tomorrow it's a big another big game for Newcastle, a big game for Steve Bruce, a big game for the squad. We saw that they can get a get their hands on the on on each other and and actually. You know they can't they can't get a grip for forty minutes as they did if they want to play football. Whether Bruce will allow them to do it or whether he'll go with go with a five, I'm I'm very 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 unsure. I suspect he'll go for a five again to be perfectly honest, and I suspect we'll see the same central midfield too, um, and and then we'll be will be will we be unleashed in the second half to perform miracles when it's all gone when it's all turned to crap. I don't know. Uh, you just don't know with Steve Bruce, Steve. Yeah, you don't. Uh, we will be doing the quiz just before we finish. We have got the third clue. Uh, you should have two clues from the last two weeks. You'll get a third clue tonight to win £100 worth of Marks and Spencer's vouchers uh, given to us kindly by qtechshop.co.uk. Their, their uh, idea for a competition, which is great. Uh, Paul Brown, why do I give so much help, false hope to fans? It's not good. Paul, I don't give false hope. I give my own opinion. Um, that's the whole point. Uh, you can have your opinion. I can have mine. And uh, it's not false hope. Um, you know, but what would you rather I did sit here and say absolutely nothing and, uh, you know, not talk about the uh, the takeover? Um, I, I can be positive. I want to be, Paul. If it's not for you, then I'm sorry, but uh, I'm not going to change. And that's that. Um, I do want to uh, say, in case I forget as well, um, special mention to Jason Carter, a big fan of the show. He supported us from day one. Um, it is three years to the day since he lost his dad, um, George, uh, Jordy Carter. 
who passed away. He was a season ticket holder all his life, and uh, just want to uh, say we're thinking about you, Jason, and uh, you know respect to your dad. I'm sure it uh, it, it doesn't get any easier um, when when those kind of anniversaries pass. And Alan Stone as well, of course, Steve Stone's cousin has just passed away. Um, so thoughts with Steve Stone and his family. Mitch, um, over to you, Everton. What do you what do you expect to see? Uh, a Goodison from Steve Bruce and uh, Graham Jones. Um, I wonder if Graham Jones's Tom Bowl is any better than Steve Bruce's. And you know, get the get the great randomizer started up and fired up, and let's see who can have it right back, left back, and all over the place. What a shambles! This Yedlin situation just shows what a ghost ship of a club we are. How absolutely disorganised all over the behind the scenes we must be to get something as basic as somebody's work permit copy. That's utterly unprofessional. Um, which sums Newcastle United up in a, in a, in a nutshell. Um, mind you, John, who I was mentioning earlier, who's, who's managing the Petite Bells, he's a big Everton fan. And, and he was quite happy, he said earlier to me, to come on and uh, describe in detail how they'll manage to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory against us. Um, so we're, we're looking at a fan base who are equally perplexed about the way that team's performing. You've got to remember this was the side that some of the some of the pundits had winning the league in September, um, and and they've sort of gone up and down in form like a yo-yo since. Um, I'd, I'd be amazed if Pickford plays because he's had another written again in the last game, um, and Ancelotti seems to have made his mind up that his head gets too messed up against us. Which is probably correct. Um, it, it on paper they should hammer them with the way we're playing and the form we're in, with the players that they've got available. They should hammer them. Um, and yet, uh, it sounds to me talking to some talking to other Everton fans this week that they're equally as um, as equally as sort of. Uh, pessimistic about that team's chances going into any game as we are um, so it, you know it could be anything from a drab nil-nil a 6-5 you know yeah. you, it really, you just don't know I guess um, except it would be optimistic to, to see us scoring five goals in a game um, I really we're going into this grasping at straws in terms of how we're going to get a result we've got a, we've got form that doesn't just need turned around, or if it is being turned around, it's got the turning circle of the Titanic, and and it's it's turning around super slowly. Um, yes, there was little glimmers in twenty minutes against Leeds, but to, mm -hmm. to get anything out of this game, we more need so much more than little glimmers, and we need to have a system. We need to have players on the pitch who understand what they're being asked to do. And I don't think at the minute we have that. And I don't see how anybody, even, you know, some sort of football genius couldn't come in within a week and turn that around because we look clueless. Um, and we've got players on the pitch who don't know what their jobs, seem to not know what their job is. Um, and that's what's killing me. Um the Sean Longstaff situation feels like that's been a little bit long time coming from what I've heard here and there. Um, 
but then for him to be allegedly driven home from Birmingham, um, it, it, it just outrageous, really. It, it just shows the the shambles behind the scenes that we really seem to be. Yeah, uh, just want to finish off obviously with the uh, the quiz. Those of you who uh, you haven't haven't took part in in it, uh, I will. I think I've still got the clues uh, on here after double check. I've got tonight's clue, which is the most important thing. Anyway, the the, the idea is by Q Tech. There we go. It's the three amigos big prize giveaway. Win something tasty with Hasty, and um, we gave a clue out uh, on the fifteenth, on the twenty second, and tonight uh, we have the third clue. Uh, here it. Is well, I'll give you the actually. I'll re I'll rehash through the, the other clues. The first clue was this that was your first clue, that was your second clue. So, tonight's clue, and this is your third clue, is this 217 appearances and 24 goals, 217 appearances. And 24 goals. So that is your third clue on the Three Amigos Big Prize giveaway. And uh, you need to use the three clues to help answer the question, which will be asked during the show next week. So we're coming to a conclusion next week. And the first correct answer in the live chat, those of you who chat on uh, YouTube, uh, will win the £100 and John will be watching from QTech next week to pick out the winner so good luck you should have your three clues I'll probably recap them at the start of uh, next week uh, big thanks to Wayne as well he sent us this there is Joe Linton in the barbers getting his hair done uh, that is what he posted on his Instagram story. So that is why Joe Linton is in bother and probably will not feature uh, tomorrow, I would imagine. Uh, lads, the clock has beaten us. It's been an absolute uh, absolute belter tonight. A really good show. And uh, quick prediction then. I'm, I'm, I'll keep mine for Match Day Live, which we'll be doing tomorrow. Uh, what's your prediction, guys? Steve? You know what? <laughs> I, I've, I've been so negative over the last few weeks. Um but I, I'm going to go for a nil-nil draw. I don't know where I've come, where it's come from. Maybe it's a, maybe it's, maybe it's nil-nil is a positivity. I'm, I'm just desperate for a point. I'm going to go that we can we can actually get a nil-nil draw. I kind of see where goals are coming from. So uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to hope that we can we can lock it up and go for a nil-nil draw, Steve. Okay, Mitch. I hate predicting defeats. I really do. But I I can't see past anything other than two nil Everton. Okay, a uh, quick one there, Life Goals is just asking about the quiz. So use the three clues that you've got to help answer the question, which will be asked during the show on Friday, the 5th of February. So those three clues um, all lead to a question which will be asked next week, and then you need to put your answer in the live chat. So where you post your comments, that is where you get the opportunity to put your, um, put your bid down. So the T-shirt, uh, congratulations to... Dave Reed, who was uh, bid £120 for wow. the Sav T-shirt. I think that is a record-breaking T-shirt. I think we've hit 100 a couple of times with T-shirts, but well done, Dave Reed. Um, uh, Q-Tech John will get in touch with you uh, on Twitter, and uh, he will point you in the direction of Mr. Steve Hastie to sort the money out for the food bank. So, this week, uh, Mark Byers from America, uh, well, from Gator originally, but lives in America now, has sent this. Now, I wore this on the uh, Northeast Tonight News this week. So you can see on there, it's got phone a friend, think before you tweet. 
and um, it's got the badge on. Now on the back, it's got all the shows. So it's got Sunday Worldwide Show, uh, Monday Ladies Night, Liam Kennedy, The Retro Show, Super Mac and Gibbo, The Three Amigos, Match Day Live, YouTube on the bottom there. So the T-shirt is going in and we're going to double it up. Um, that is going to be the second prize in two weeks' time. It's a snapback hat. It's got that on the on the front. It's got the um, the badge on the side, and it's got NUFC matters on the back. I'm going to put that in the following weeks. We're going to do two separate auctions. So the first week is the T-shirt. So we're going to put the T-shirt up for grabs this week. Uh, thanks to Mark Byers for sending them uh, the the one-offs. Uh, again, that's exactly the, the beauty of it, exactly the same as the Q-Tech t-shirts, the one-offs, raise as much money as we can for the food bank, uh, so the t-shirt will go up first, I'll take a photograph of it, stick it on me Twitter, follow at Steve Wraith on Twitter, and stick your bit in the comments, good luck with it. Um, lads, been an absolute pleasure, as always, and uh, I hope you have a good weekend, and I'll see you next Friday, uh, well, I'll see you Wednesday for the Retro Show, QPR. Yeah, Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers, everyone.